0: The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So, good morning. I'd like to just start this morning by saying a few more words about the metta practice. We have been exploring it for the last few weeks, but I, I think some of you haven't been here, so... Um, the guided meditation that I did um, basically gives you the structure for the practice, the metta practice and that's the form that uh, metta being the word for kindness, caring, love the Pali word for kindness Uh, and uh, the Pali word itself is related to um, or the root word that that comes from is friend and so, really, the sense of metta, the sense of caring, the kindness, is a sense of friendliness. It's, you know, it, kind of, it, it comes down to a basic sense of friendliness and caring. And that, um, that quality of friendliness um, is where it begins, is where it grows from. And that uh, quality, as we cultivate it and nourish it, becomes a very deep sense of... Um, connectedness of uh, well-wishing that feels very very like a a boundless love it can it can move to this space of having no boundaries to that sense of friendliness and caring no no one left out of that wish of happiness of well-being and the other aspect of this quality is that it it doesn't need anything in return that the uh, that quality of friendliness without any constriction to it, without any um, well, I'll like you if you like me, back, you know that it's it the uh, that's a little bit of tightening, you know. There's a condition on it, and the um, the quality of friendliness that is possible for us. It's not not one that we're usually able to touch in with right away but the quality of friendliness that's possible for us doesn't have any demands that there be anything in return and actually I found that feeling of well-wishing that open-hearted well-wishing without needing anything in return is actually such a beautiful healing feeling you know, it is It is a For me I found it was the feeling that I had been looking for from others and hoping that I would get love from others so that I'd feel whole in a certain way and I found that that feeling of well-wishing that open-hearted caring is the feeling that I was looking for and it didn't need anything from anybody so it's quite a beautiful quality um, to cultivate to begin to tap into and this practice some of you may have noticed during our guided meditation, um, um, doesn't necessarily lead us to feel this, uh, you know, boundless sense of connectedness or no, uh, no conditions on our uh, well-wishing. In fact, it sometimes brings up just the opposite, that we wish well to somebody and we think, <laughs> Why did they do that? You know, why did they do that? That wasn't very nice. And you know, so we, you know, our minds will move to the things that, that are the opposite quality. And this is not a mistake in this practice. This is actually part of how this practice works. So if that was coming up for you, you can, you know, have the sense that okay, the practice was working. It, um, it it's a, it's a purification practice, and part of the function of a purification practice is to draw to the surface things that are in the way of the quality. So there's the quality of the open-hearted, unconditional metta of kindness, of caring and then there's all of the places where that catches as we're moving in that direction. It's like there are little snags in our body and it's like, oh, 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 no! can't do that, can't wish that. And those are the places that this wish is exposing. It's highlighting for us. It's actually bringing them into consciousness, bringing them into awareness. And so that's part of the practice, actually, is to begin to, can we be kind to ourselves, not condemning of ourselves for these snags and catches that we have. Everybody has them. We all have this purification to work with. But rather to see if we can bring kindness to that. Can we be kind to ourselves about the ways that we feel caught, that we feel stuck around this? The ways that we put conditions on it, the ways that we think that, that it brings up just the opposite qualities of anger, or frustration, or hostility, or irritation, or annoyance. There's a wide range that can come up for us in the metta practice that's one thing to be aware of in this practice, that it can bring out the opposite quality. And then another piece um, I just want to highlight. I said it several times during the metta practice, during the guided meditation, that um, a big part for me of having this practice um, begin to make sense was when I heard the instruction to, after each phrase, after each time of wishing someone well, after each time of expressing, may you be happy, may you be healthy, to check in and see how did that land? So how did that feel to make that wish? And for me, this brought it into an embodied kind of practice. The meta practice, because we're using thought and phrases, can get to be kind of mental. You know, we, we feel like we're up in our heads somewhere just saying these words. And uh, for me, when I began to bring it into how did it land, how did it impact me, it began to really resonate more. And I could begin to see more clearly when I could feel a little bit of opening and when I got snagged, when I got caught. Each time I'd say a phrase, I'd check in and... Um, You know, if there's a little bit of resistance, often there's a little bit of tightening that happens in the area of the heart. If there's an opening, we can feel that in the area of the heart. If there's a sense of being able to connect with that quality of kindness and well-wishing, we can feel that. And so we, we begin to explore in an embodied way how this practice feels, how the difficulties feel, as well as how the quality feels, the quality of kindness, of caring. So that's very helpful, I find, in this practice is with each phrase checking in. How did it land? How did it, how did it resonate? And then the other aspect is something about the phrases themselves. Um, I've offered phrases that I use. These are the kind, they're kind of standard phrases or traditional phrases that, that represent different aspects of the quality of well-wishing May I be happy, may you be happy, may you be healthy, may you be safe, may you live with ease. And there's um, uh, one particular piece I want to point to, and that is the may part of the phrase. That it is a request, it's a, a wish, it's a wish for their happiness, for their healthiness. It's a wish for our own happiness or healthiness. It's not a demand. You will be happy. You will be healthy. You are happy. You are healthy. I am happy. I am healthy. We can... I mean, that is, that is a way um, sometimes people, um, you know, try to work with this practice. In the Buddhist understanding, in the Buddhist sense of this practice, what we're connecting to is the wish rather than the result. So it's the wish that we express rather than what we hope is the result. Um, So the wish of kindness is the quality of metta. It is the quality of friendliness. That we wish someone well, that is the expression of metta. Not that we demand that they be well or healthy. That wish itself is is an expression of the metta. So if the phrases too, you know, I offered a few of uh, the, the four that I use. You're welcome to explore for yourself what phrases resonate or land for you. Um, it, it may it may be helpful for you to. Um, reflect a little bit about each of these qualities, happiness, health, safety, well-being, and see if there's a phrase or set of words that, that might work for you in terms of evoking a sense of the quality. So, um, you know, at, at, at one point my phrases were something like, may you be well, happy, and peaceful. And that, was, that was one. May you be free from animosity. May you be free from danger and distress. May you live with ease and well-being. So I, those are still very similar to the ones I use. But others, you know, sometimes a little more in the phrase can, can evoke the quality a little more. Uh, some people use, may, may, I, may I be healthy and strong of body and mind. So you might want to reflect a little bit about what phrases actually resonate for you. So um, today I wanted to talk a little bit about working with the last category of being, the difficult person. But before I do that, I want to take a few minutes for questions to see if there's any, anything that came up for you in the, in the guided meditation or any questions about the metta practice. And since we've been talking about this for a few weeks, some of you may have been practicing a little bit. Any questions from your practice? Yeah. And could you pass the mic back? Oh, is it on? Uh, you may have covered this before, but do you use uh, metta in daily life practice as you do with mindfulness? I, I I, do at times. There are times, so the the question about using metta in daily life practice as I do with mindfulness. Um, I do it in certain situations where um, I'm, in the in, inter, in interactions with people, it's a little more difficult to keep a mental sense of phrases going while you're having a conversation with somebody. But there are times, like for instance, um, uh, in an airport, you know, or in a grocery store, where you're pretty much uh, navigating the space in silence. In those times, I, I may, you know, with each person I come across. Offer them a few wishes of metta, of kindness. Um, And if I see somebody suffering, like mothers and kids, you know, sometimes that's a struggle, (laughs) you know, particularly in the grocery store, you know. Oh, may you be at ease, you know, may you have some some ease in your life. So I do it in that sense. I do it kind of informally in that sense. Um, As the quality gets more familiar, so, you know, the feeling, the actual feeling uh, of well-wishing. And sometimes for me, at this point, I can express a wish of kindness and then checking into the heart, I feel, I feel the feeling. And in that feeling, then, um, I can, in a conversation with somebody, connect with that feeling. But to, to keep using the phrase, I mean, the point of the phrases is to begin at... at um, to begin to get us in touch with the challenges and the quality itself. And at some point uh, we get more familiar with that quality, that feeling, and then we can call on it in our daily life. And so in that way, I, I, I don't do it formally in that way, but I connect in with the feeling of caring, of kindness, as I sit down and have a conversation with somebody. Um, so in in those two ways, but the, the the practice that I've described here, the using the phrases, I don't, I, I only do that at certain times. It's kind of I, I pick my times that I can do that. Any other questions? Yeah. You can just put it down on the floor yeah. <clears throat>
1: um, so when odd things come up as you 're doing it um, what's what 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 is your response to that so as challenges arise or no just thought ran, uh, uh, thoughts contrary to like i was as I was thinking of um, Sending meta to, to a dear friend. Uh, I had a thought come through my mind uh, from thirty-five years ago when um, uh, uh, I was robbed at knife. Well, actually, I wasn't robbed; attempted robbery at knife point. Mm,
0: mm-hmm. um, so, unconnected to the dear friend, but just an uh, a thought, kind of an unrelated, seemingly unrelated, seemingly
1: unrelated. But as you said, things come up. Yes. Yes. Um, so. Um, um, what I mean, I just ignored it. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. I didn't. I didn't realize till afterwards. The instruction you gave about other things. Uh, suppose I were aware of what was going on. What 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 would be the appropriate response to? Well, to you that? know,
0: I think there are many different kinds of responses depending on what how strong it is. Um, if you can just let it be, you know, kind of ignore it and continue with the metta, that's fine, actually. Um, if, it, if it feels kind of important in a way, if it feels like, um, oh, there's something there, you know, then you might, you, there's different approaches. You might at that moment um, uh, check in and, and uh, wish yourself a few phrases of kindness or check in and see how is that, Impacted you that that thought has it has it um, has it created some emotions in there that it would be helpful to acknowledge and be with. I mean, all of our thoughts. I mean, as I'm I'm pointing out here, you know, as we wish these phrases, we check in and see how they land on us. All thoughts land on us in some way, and so even flitting thoughts can have an impact on us. And so to acknowledge the impact, I wouldn't push it aside in the sense of repressing. You know, it's more, it's more along the lines of that came up and can I keep going with the metta? You know, can I hold both? If you can hold both, um, I mean, if you, can, if you can just recognize it as, oh, there's that odd thought and then let it go, and there's no sense of, you know, struggle or suffering around that, then it's fine to let it go. So it's more, um, the skillful means will depend on how that thought uh, impacted you. So to take a moment to check in with that and and see. You could even get to the place, I mean, some thoughts can come up. I mean, it sounds in a way like, um, you know, it's related to a feeling of lack of safety. And so, in that way, it's connected to the metta practice. You know that 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 it's you weren't directly doing the phrase "May I be safe" when it came up, but still, it's in the terrain of of metta, uh, of, of the things that get in the way of metta. That sense of "Oh, it's not safe." You know, how can I how can I um, wish well to all beings when there's this kind of person in the world? Um, so. That there's that sense of lack of safety, and if that is strong, then you may want to do some mindfulness with that. But there's a range of approaches, so I hope that's covered. Covered that. Yeah. So it's it's really it's really your own judgment there. Um, in meditation, can I say uh, some negative things like, um, may I be free from fear? Yes. Instead of uh, may, may I be, I be safe? Brave? Yes. Uh-huh. Yes, absolutely. You you can use the. The negative phrasing, and that's actually something I bring into working with a difficult person, mm-hmm. in particular. You know, as we as we open to offering phrases of goodwill to somebody that we have str- str- have some struggles with, I find it particularly helpful to use the negative phrasing. Um, so, may I be free from danger? May I be free from sorrow? May I be free from clinging? From clinging? From clinging. clinging? <laughs> Yes. In my point of life. Yes. So, so the the, the um, yes, yes. You can use the negative phrases. Um, um, the the wish. I mean, sometimes. Just to to be clear, the um, the phrase for compassion practice which is very similar to the metta practice, but instead we're evoking the quality of compassion, which is the quality of the open heart as it meets suffering. The compassion practice uses a negative phrase, may you be free from this suffering. Mm-hmm. And so it may seem as though the negative phrasing is compassion practice, but it's more about what you're connecting with. Are you connecting with the, the feeling of, of lightness or of ease that comes with the sense of may I be free from fear? or are you connecting with fear is there fear present and you're saying maybe free from this fear if that's what's happening that's more on the side of compassion the the quality that evokes is is the open heart that can meet suffering without resistance so just just to be aware of what you're what you're meeting as you express those those negative phrases last question
1: in a, in a difficult person, Matt, can I choose not the most difficult person <laughs> to start with? <laughs> yes,
0: indeed. And I'll, I'll, I, will, I will talk about that. That maybe is a good transition into talking about the difficult person. Um, so the, the different categories that we offer, as I've said in the past few weeks, the, the categories, the specific people we pick in the categories, what we're doing actually is picking representatives of these Categories where these categories represent our relationship with all beings everywhere, so every being on the planet can fit into one of these five categories: yourself, which is you, uh, a benefactor, someone who's um, helped you, supported you, a friend, a neutral person, which is probably the vast majority of all beings in in the in the planet, and then a difficult person, a difficult being, so the that all beings we can think of as as kind of fitting in one of those categories. And so we pick specific individuals to represent those categories so that we can... um, in opening to all beings, which we will do next time, we'll um, begin to explore this practice towards all beings and not towards specific individuals, you know, sometimes people feel, oh it's easy for me to wish well for everyone, you know, I can do that, but that well-wishing has got some delusion in it because we're not really thinking about the specifics of how we respond when we try to wish well to somebody who got, we've got a rub with. So the, the, the categories are designed to you know, in the specific individuals, help us see where that rub is. So again, you know, that's part of the practice when we see that rub, when we feel that rub. It's, it's exposing to us those places where we're caught. So we've talked so far about the first four, self, benefactor, dear friend, neutral person. So today, the difficult person, this is where it, I mean, it, it can be very challenging even with the others, I found at times dear friend to be very challenging because my mind really, you know, put up there all of those things that that person did. Whenever I tried to wish well, it was like they did that and that and that and that. And why did they have to do that and why did they have to say that? And <laughs> so, so my mind tended to do a lot of that. Um, and I mean, and in some ways, with dear friend, it can be even more challenging because they're the people that we, you know, are are f- hoping that will be our supports. <laughs> you know, they're hope- we're hoping they'll be the people that we are in alignment with. And when we find they're not, you know, that they don't always behave in the way we'd like them to, it can it can be even a little more painful. So, so sometimes dear friend can bring up some of those challenges. Um, difficult person. I mean, sometimes we could, we we might potentially have the dear friend in the difficult person category for a while. You know, if there's something going on that's creating um, a disturbance in a relationship, we can, we we might think of them in that category. So the practice can get even more challenging at this point than it has been before, and um, I really want to encourage you. You know, first of all, to pick. Not the most difficult person um, to start with, <laughs> but to pick perhaps somebody for whom there's maybe just some slight irritation, you know, just a little bit of that rub, so that you can begin to explore the you know how it is to wish someone well when there is that conflict, so we in in connecting with um, these that these people, this picking somebody specific like this, you will undoubtedly find times that the, the thing on your mind is the thing that they are doing that's so hard for you. And so if you can, again, this is where the practice around working with challenge gets really important. If you can, the, the way I like to think about it is they did that thing and can I wish them well? So, a couple pieces around this. Um, So, in sending metta to somebody difficult like this, we are not condoning actions that cause harm. We are, nor are we trying, nor are we wishing that they be happy while engaging in unskillful actions. We are wishing for them... My understanding is that we're wishing for them to find a true happiness. uh, Not a kind of sense of satisfaction that's based on greed, aversion, or delusion. So that's my understanding of what we're wishing. That they be happy, healthy, safe, and at ease. But not in the midst of doing unskillful actions. Now we do have to take care here because... um, Um, you know, there's certain, I mean, the unskillful actions such as causing harm, um, you know, causing um, physical harm or stealing things or um, engaging in sexual misconduct, you know, this this kind of harm. Um, We are definitely not wishing for people to be happy while they're murdering people or, you know, abusing people. and yet, we do need to take care with this, you know, um, wish, what, we're, what we're wishing, we're wishing happiness, well-being um, for the person, not for their actions. So that's one key piece that we're wishing that the, that the person be happy, not that they be happy with specific actions necessarily. And the other, I mean, the piece that we need to be careful about, that we can be deluded about, is that, um, you know, what what they said, what they did that we're having a rub about may be partly them doing something unskillful, but it may be partly our own stuff of how we, um, you know, of, of of history, of, you know, somebody just says something with a, a, a kind intention in their heart and yet it's just the exact words that this person in your history used to say to you and it triggers you. And so that that creates a difficulty in the relationship and you may or may not be aware of how your own um, struggle is creating that uh, that conflict. So we need to be honest with ourselves in terms of wishing for the happiness of others. You know, that we not have some agenda in our mind that we're wishing for them to be um, happy in order that they treat us better. Um, that's got a condition in in it. And so in that way we, you know, we can um, you know, have a little bit of delusion. It's not a completely open-hearted well-wishing, it's got an agenda to it. And so that's a place we need to take care in particular with the difficult person I found that you know there was you know that, I mean there, there was a genuine sense at one point I was wishing well to um, a political leader and um, you know part of me, I mean part of me really genuinely wished that political leader to have happiness in his family and home and and, and part of me was wishing, yeah, and if you're really happy, you'd stop doing those things. <laughs> and so that part, that part was the part for me to, you know, notice. And, and okay, that, that's not the, <laughs> that's not what we're you know, moving towards. That was some of the rub for me with that political leader. And it is true that with people, I mean, that, that when we're wishing for the, um, the true happiness. True happiness is not found in harming. And so that, um, that does kind of come along with the wish. So just to be aware that it can, there can be some stickiness in that, in that wish. Um, so for myself and exploring the difficult person, or exploring this kindness, wish for kindness, or where I got caught around difficult people, uh, I began to see something very humbling, actually, that in this, um, you know, that, that in the heart towards somebody who had harmed me, I could see the wish that they be harmed. And that was quite humbling, actually, to see that. And it really struck me at one point that, that I mean, it was just, it was a fleeting moment, this person who had, had really hurt me, um, and I felt in, in very unskillful ways, that there was this flash of wishing that he be hurt in return. And in that moment, I saw, was like, wow, you know, seeing that, seeing that with mindfulness I saw, you know, that the seeds, the seeds of war are essentially in me. You know, the seeds of of that lashing out. I mean, it was a very small seed, but still, I saw, you know, given a particular set of conditions, that energy of wanting to harm could be um, activated if I wasn't mindful in very um, supportive circumstances, it could be activated. And that was very humbling. And it made me realize how we're not all that different. You know, that the ways that other people act and create harm may be coming from that same kind of place, you know, of being hurt and, and lashing out. So the, um, it really gave me a kind of a sense of our share, our shared humanity in this area of struggle and difficulty. And an appreciation that a lot of harm comes from fear, from um, having been hurt ourselves. That a lo- and and I, be- I began to kind of have a sense that a lot of unskillful actions are born out of struggle, out of suffering, out of pain. Let's see. Anything more here? Ah, here's here's some other pieces. Um, in wishing well to a difficult person, um, we don't need to wish that they be in our lives. <laughs> so you know y- y- you you can you can wish them well at a distance. <laughs> Indeed, it may be the best thing for both of you. So um, we might wish them well, but never want to be around them. You know? So, so this, this well-wishing, and there's a story, in fact, apparently, about um, a, a Thai monk who um, was wishing well to uh, a poisonous snake that was in his um, kuti, in his little hut. And, and he said, you know, it would really be best for both of us <laughs> if you left. <laughs> you know, I wish you perfectly well. I hope you have a good life, but not here. <laughs> this is not the place for you. So, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a way that we can perhaps also begin to connect with the sense of caring. If we, you know, in envisioning somebody um, difficult for us. You know, maybe we we envision them on the other side of the country. You know, we envision them really far away. Whatever might help you to uh, feel safe in wishing them well. There was one story, one story about someone who only felt safe wishing their difficult person well if they envisioned them bound in a chair. (laughs)
1: <laughs>
0: and and you know that, that was the way that they, they could feel okay about wishing them well so you know <laughs> it, now if you're envisioning that kind of thing you know that, that there could be a tendency to have a sense of hostility or control going but you know if, if it is simply the only way you can do that it's like okay I would I would uh, I tend to to do them at a distance, you know. <laughs> Put them on the other side of the country. Put them on a, on an island in the South Pacific. <laughs> Put them someplace that they can't hurt you. So this this practice is not about compromising your own safety. So in the exploration of this, if you find that uh, there is a challenge for you, um, you know, if it gets overwhelming, if the feeling, so again, t- take care in sending Wishes of goodwill. And using the negative phrasing can be really helpful, I find, for the difficult person. So I found it difficult more for the um, the difficult people to actively wish them to be happy, but I could wish them to be free of sorrow or free of pain. Like In many cases, I mean, there were times when I did, it was like there was that that hit of, oh, I really wish they'd be in pain, but most of the time I could see, no, I don't actually want them to be in pain, I just don't want them to hurt me, you know, so, so um, I, I found it easier to wish them to be free of, of animosity, to be free of danger, to be free of sorrow, that kind of thing, than to actively be happy, healthy, safe, at ease. So you can play with the negative phrasing with a difficult person and see if that supports your ability to connect with this wish for their well-being. And um, checking in every phrase again seeing how is it landing for you. Often with the difficult person the way it lands is a little bit tight. You know it's not the feeling of boundless well-wishing um, and this is a practice, so, you know, it's, it, it can take time for that to unfold. Um, so, checking in each time and acknowledging the contraction, acknowledging the fear, acknowledging the pain, acknowledging everything that comes up for you. If you can hold that and continue to wish well, you can keep doing, keep, keep going just keep going. If the pain, if the contraction, if the struggle in your heart gets stronger and stronger and stronger as you go, then in general what we do is let go of that for a while and uh, move back to uh, someplace where it's a little easier. Go back to your dear friend, go back to your benefactor, someplace where you can um, feel that feeling of connection again. Let go of thinking about your 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 difficult person. And then after you have that connection again, that sense of caring, bring in the difficult person for one or two phrases and see if you can um, wish that person well for one or two phrases and then go back to your, uh, your the easier person and then try going back and forth like that a little bit. If it's still too difficult, just let it go for a while. And then there's also... Um, a whole long uh, string of things to support um, letting go of resentment, which I think I'll save for next time so that we can do a little practice with the difficult person today. Um, And we'll begin actually, what I'd like to do, we have 15 minutes left, so I'll start, we'll go ahead and do a guided meditation um, with the difficult person. So we'll begin with a few minutes of forgiveness practice. Um, this is not a traditional Buddhist practice, as far as I know. Jack Cornfield came up with this practice. He may have um, um, pulled it from some other sources, but I'm not sure. This is the, the only the first place I saw it mentioned is in Jack's book, and uh, I believe that he um, has been one of the main proponents of this practice in conjunction with the metta practice. So the forgiveness practice is in three stages. Um, We start by um, expressing um, the wish to be forgiven by people we have harmed. So calling into mind people we have harmed and feeling the pain of that. And then asking for forgiveness in our hearts. May I be forgiven. I ask for your forgiveness. And then we bring to mind ways that we've harmed ourselves... And ask for uh, express the wish for forgiving ourselves, for things that we've done to harm ourselves. And then we move towards um, uh, the ways other people have harmed us, and bringing those to mind, and expressing, you know, we can express the phrase the, the, the phrase of you know, "I forgive you." That can be difficult, so it may be, we can alter the phrase, something like, I forgive you to the extent that I am able, or even express the wish, something along the lines of, I wish that someday I may be able to forgive you. So that you can, um, in some form, connect with the intention towards forgiving a person who has harmed you. So we'll do that part for a few minutes at the very beginning. And uh, next week I'll talk a little bit more about uh, the forgiveness practice and working with resentment and may begin to touch on um, all beings. So allowing yourself to become comfortable, relaxed if possible... And touching in to the air of your heart and noticing what's there. And calling to mind a person that you have potentially cause some harm to allowing yourself to feel how you feel about having caused that harm any sense of regret or sorrow or perhaps even self-justification whatever is there allow yourself to feel that and imagining the person and asking for their forgiveness. I ask for your forgiveness for the harm that I've caused you knowingly or unknowingly. I ask for your forgiveness And bringing to mind a way or some ways that you may have done some harm to yourself. Connecting with the sense of how it feels to have done those things. and expressing a wish for the ways I've hurt myself out of fear, pain, and confusion. I forgive myself. I forgive myself. And again, noticing what happens in the area of the heart as you express this, forgiveness. And bringing to mind way or ways perhaps in which you have been harmed by others. Feel the pain of that, the sorrow, the burden of resentment for the ways others have harmed you. Expressing a wish of forgiveness for ways that others have harmed me, knowingly or unknowingly. to the extent that I'm able, I offer you forgiveness. I forgive you. Or perhaps, may I forgive you to the extent that I'm able. now bringing yourself or your benefactor to mind, whatever's easiest, bring the easiest person for you to send kindness to, into your heart. Allowing the images of the ways that you've harmed others, yourself or others have harmed you to fall away. And bring the person for whom it's easiest for you to wish well into your heart. And offer them phrases of kindness and goodwill. May you be happy May you be healthy. Noticing how each phrase impacts your heart, lands in your heart. May you be safe. May you live with ease Continuing for another minute or so to wish this person, this being, well. And bringing a difficult person to mind. Allowing yourself to imagine them, perhaps in a way in which you feel safe in a distant city. or And beginning to express wishes of kindness for this person. May you be happy and at ease. May you be free from sorrow. Noticing with each phrase how it feels to wish this person well. May you be healthy. May you be free from illness. May you be safe. May you be free from danger. May you live with ease. May you be free from struggle and difficulty in your life. continuing to wish this person well, if you can. And if it's too difficult, you might try alternating a phrase with your benefactor, or the easy person, and a phrase with the difficult person. See if that supports you to wish this person well. And for the last minute of the sitting, connecting with whoever it's easiest for you to wish well to, again. thank you so it's time to stop so I can't take questions about this today but we'll have some time for questions next week also so, next week yes I'll be here next week <laughs>